This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast to support the show. If you give $5 a month, you can get access to ad-free episodes. And I want to give a shout out to some of our more recent donors. They include Deb P, Nick H, Justin K, someone whose screen name is Bowl of Pisswater, Aaron. That Bill is their Christian H. name, Hammond. Don't be rude. <laughs> Aaron, Bill H, Joe H, Robert J, and someone named Phyllis Bloomkey. Um, thanks, Mom. My mother is not on the list. Uh, well, I did tell my mother that she should just give me $15 a month instead of <laughs> making me split it with you. But whatever. <laughs> shit happens. Excellent. <laughs> um, I also want to uh, say that there is a podcast that is coming out next week from Christianity Today, of all places. And they're doing like a long series. Are we getting paid for this plug? Um, no. Okay. They're doing a series on Mark Driscoll, who is one of the more abusive oh. pastors in, and Christianity Today is in, doing it. Yeah, and it's it's by someone who ed- fully admits like he was he was drawn to Mark mm-hmm. Driscoll. His name is Mike Cosper, so he's been doing this podcast series. I spoke with Mike, and we talked about that podcast and what does Driscoll represent these days? Because mm-hmm. he's he was fired basically sure. from his old church, and when, now he started up a new one. When was when did he get fired from his church? Uh, twenty eighteen. God, okay. I hope I have that right. But it was a little while ago. But then he. Took a short break and then was like, yep, I'm good now. I learned my lesson. (laughs) And now he's doing all the same stuff again at a brand new place. So we had a chat about that. That will uh, be up next week when their podcast goes live, too. So uh, we'll bring you that interview. Mm. And what else uh, are you doing? Um, So first of all, if you want to hear more and see my weird face, uh, you can check me out on Truth Wanted. I was on this past Friday. Um, It was a lot of fun. I'd never done a call-in show. um, And yeah, I, I... had a ton of fun. We talked to some real weirdos and some people who mm-hmm. wanted some actual advice. So that was neat. Also, I would like to point out, yes. I saw some of that video uh-huh. and you were all dolled up for it. I was. And you don't get dolled up when I come over to record <laughs> this podcast. I was I wearing lipstick. I want everyone to know that. Yeah, I honestly, like I took a picture of myself and normally I don't like pictures of myself. I looked very good that evening. <laughs> Thank God it's captured on film forever because it's all downhill. Um, <laughs> so um, I literally am wearing my pajamas right now. Like, I, <laughs> Hammett came over and is like, shit, I haven't brushed my teeth yet. So that's the sort of thing Hammett's working with. Yep. Um, but thank you, Hammett. Um, also, um, upcoming trips of mine for just low-key hangups, if anyone wants to come, hangouts, if anyone wants to come, um, I'm going to be in Louisville um, for the 4th of July weekend. We're planning on, Jul- uh, yeah, July 3rd is that Saturday. We are going to a brewer- brewery in Germantown, Louisville. Um, Leslie says maybe Apocalypse Brewery or Falls City or Natch Bar. I don't know what those are, but she seems excited about all of them. So that's a possibility. Uh, that's where we'll be that night. And then Denver, um, I will be out there August 5th. I'm going to be planning a meetup. That is all TBD. Um, I know nothing about Denver. Um, but Dottie will be at that meetup with us. So, you know, do we have to do to meet that scruffy idiot, huh? <laughs> um, and that's all I have. All right. Let's start talking. I... I know there was a big Supreme Court case, which we'll talk about. Uh-huh. Um, but before we get to that, there was a different court case that I think is even more interesting in some ways. Okay. Do you remember uh, if I said Christian Baker? 
Yep. Like, there's one guy in particular mm-hmm. who kind of represents that general Yeah, the Colorado? Phrase. Yeah, a um, guy in Colorado, his name is Jack Phillips. And Jack Phillips, you better hope we don't <laughs> cross paths when I'm in Colorado. <laughs> and this guy made headlines. This is not the case I'm talking about, but uh, a while back he made headlines because he basically said uh, a gay couple came into the store. They said, we want you to bake a cake because mm-hmm. that's what you do. It's for our wedding. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I won't. And the reason is, if I make a cake for your wedding, it's like I'm promoting your same-sex marriage, and that offends me as a Christian. Counterpoint, none of that is true. <laughs> none of that is You're true. You're selling a cake to a person. But, this, but basically, Colorado had a, a government commission that fined him for violating their anti-discrimination laws, mm-hmm. and there was a legal fight about it, mm-hmm. got to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court basically said, on a technicality, because of the way the government group kind of issued that fine, uh-huh. they were like, yeah, they screwed up some stuff. We'll give you the win. And, you and of being course, he, uh, the baker. The baker. And he celebrated the win. Sure. Um, but it was kind of only in his situation. Didn't really set any precedents or anything like What's the that. Name for, there's a name for that. Um, precedent. I don't know. Oh, but okay. he, narrow victory narrow is what victory, you're thinking. Thank you. yeah. So you have narrow victory, but okay, he was allowed to say no to a gay couple. Mm-hmm. And no one's kind of ruled on whether that's a thing you can do. The Equality Act, which could help with that, yeah. has passed in the House. The Senate in the U.S. Uh, the Senate, U.S. Senate has not passed it. Uh-huh. Uh, they better, but <laughs> filibuster, stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. This case involves Jack Phillips again because before that case I just talked about got to the Supreme Court and started going through all the legal machinations mm-hmm. there. Um, But after he had said, no, I'm not making you a cake for your wedding, gay couple, Mm -hmm. there was a question that a woman named Autumn Scardina wanted to know, which is, okay, he's saying no to this gay couple because they want a cake for their wedding. Right. And he's saying, well, I don't want to be a part of your wedding. Mm -hmm. But what happens if he, he made it very clear, Jack Phillips made it clear If you were just a gay person who came to my store and said, I want XYZ off my menu, Mm -hmm. of course I would give it to you. It's that you want me to make a cake for your wedding, and that's what I have a problem with. So he set out his own parameters. Yes. So she's like, I want to test this theory of yours. This This is just a citizen? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I actually don't know. Maybe, I don't know if she's an activist or anything like that. journalist or something. She purposely said, fine, I'm going to test you on this. This is 2017. So she goes to Masterpiece Cake Shop, which is the name of his place. And she says, I would like to buy a cake that is blue on the outside and pink on the inside. Mm -hmm. And that's a normal thing. Anyone can come into his store and ask for. And basically he would have said yes to anybody who asked for that order. There's nothing weird about that. And then, on purpose, uh, she tells the employee who handled the orders, I want to get it for my birthday, and it's also, wink, wink, the seventh anniversary of when I came out as transgender. Uh Uh-huh. So now, she's buying a regular cake that she says is Mm -hmm. to celebrate the fact that she's trans. And guess what Jack Phillips eventually said? No, thank you, please. No, thank you. I'm not making you that cake. Which what a fucking now. snitch that employee is, by the way. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, he had to see that at some point, but he said, like, I'm not selling it to you. And now the question is, well, now he's saying no to her. Yeah. Even though she's buying a regular cake that doesn't require anything special, but she happens to be trans and he's saying no. So now this is kind of a more clear cut case right. of discrimination. And this is what it, this is precisely what she wanted to test. 
So that was the question. Um, So the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, the same group that eventually got in trouble for the way they handled his uh, cake selling to the gay wedding couple, Mm -hmm. uh, they fined him for that. And he sues the commission again for discriminating against him. And guess what? Hmm. He just lost that fight. Okay. This week, a Denver district court judge said that his bigotry was basically a clear violation of the law. And the judge specifically pointed out, you're just not giving it to her, the the cake that she would buy, pay for, because she's trans. Uh, Defendants, Jack Phillips, would, quote, gladly make an identical looking cake for other customers. The court concludes that a reasonable observer of the requested cake would not attribute any message to defendants, basically saying if anyone saw that you were making this cake Mm -hmm. for a customer, Mm -hmm. no reasonable person would say, well, you support trans people. So, like, don't say this is offensive to your Christian faith. And you're basically... No one even knows why she's buying it. The fact that she happened to tell you what it was for Mm -hmm. is irrelevant. Right. She was just a customer who wanted to buy something you're selling. So he said defendants, Jack Phillips, have failed to carry their burden to show that providing the cake constituted any type of symbolic or expressive speech protected by the First Amendment. I mean, to me on its face, it just seems very obvious. Obviously, we haven't seen that uh, around the courts all the time. But, yeah. like, I don't know. If she ordered a rainbow cake and said it was for her niece's third birthday uh-huh. and then sneakily took it into a gay birthday party, like, do they have standing? Like, do, does the bakery have a right to, like, come in and be like, you can't put our name on this gay cake? It wasn't gay before. It was for I don't think baby. they could do anything about that because, I mean, if he said... I know what it's for and I'm not participating in it. The court basically gave him a pass with the gay wedding couple. But if someone buys a cake and uses it for some other reason, I think at that point he sold it. There's nothing he could do about it. Um, But I want to point out one other thing here. Like, one, this isn't about his sincerely held religious beliefs. Of course not. This is about a bigot who doesn't want to serve LGBTQ people, which is exactly what everyone said about the same-sex couple thing. (laughs) Um, Because, again, this cake that... Autumn Scardino wanted to buy, he would have sold to a cis straight customer of course. and wouldn't have given a second thought about it. He specifically discriminated against her. Mm-hmm. And this is what I found also appalling. The, his lawyers at the right wing group Alliance Defending Freedom, they quoted a specific Supreme Court uh, passage, a famous one that I'm aware of because it concerns the Pledge of Allegiance, which I've made a whole mm-hmm. podcast about. And here's what they were trying to do. There was a case... I won't get into the weeds here too much, but basically uh, they wanted to not say the Pledge of Allegiance mm-hmm. and the Supreme Court, which had previously said, no, you have to, now said, no, if students don't want to say it, they don't have to. Right. And one of the judges, Justice Robert Jackson at the time, wrote this passage. It's a famous one. If there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, It is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. Basically saying the government can't tell you what to believe. Mm -hmm. Jack Phillips, the baker, and his lawyers quoted that passage to say, how dare you make me support trans rights or something like that? Because this passage says, I have... 
like my opinions are allowed i am allowed to have them government can't tell me what to think so what did the judge say to that tell me tell me context matters the anti-discrimination laws are intended to ensure that members of our society who have historically been treated unfairly who have been deprived of even the everyday right to access businesses to buy products Mm -hmm. are no longer treated as others this case is about one such product a pink and blue birthday cake, and not compelled speech. Jesus. <laughs> now, they're going to appeal that decision. Of course. Uh, but again, this one is even more clear-cut than the same-sex wedding one. Right. So, like, he's gonna lose? And, like, what I don't but get then- is why are they even fighting this one? Because this yeah. is a more clear case of, like, this Christian guy just wants to be a bigot and get away with it. Like, even his lawyers have to know that. You're just, at this point, you are just making Christianity yeah. look bad. Can I um, make a bet on what, is, what this dude's trajectory is going to be? Uh-huh. So he's going to continue to lose this case. Uh-huh. And either actually or he says that is going to mean he's going to have to close his bakery because he can't pay the legal fees. And then he's going to go on the speaker circuit and make a lot more money. I would bet my house. I would bet my stupid, <laughs> my stupidest dog that that's what he's going to do. I, he's I going to think. close his bakery in the name of, oh, I'm being oppressed out of, out of a bakery, which is my constitutional right as everyone knows to own and operate a bakery that discriminates against queer people. It's in the constitution. It's in the somewhere. constitution. Everybody knows that. Read your constitution, nerds. And he's going to close it, make himself a big martyr. He's going to speak at the RNC. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm sure he has already to some of these events. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But that's, that's, what, I think he's, that's no. what, what I think his end goal is. Or maybe he genuinely believes that he is crossing God by making a blue cake with pink frosting or whatever. And then he's then just going to live this. selling it. <laughs> Like, that's it. That's your solution. If you don't want to sell it to a trans person, stop selling it to anybody. That's the answer. We should email him all of the um, flags that have come out in the last few years. There's a (laughs) pansexual flag and a bisexual flag. Dude, just keep your heads up about this. Keep your head in a fucking swivel. Somebody's going to come in asking for a pink and white cake, and you don't give it to them because that's pansexual, question mark? Unclear. (laughs) I don't know them. Anyway. This guy's the worst. It felt good to watch him like lose and not win on a technicality. Right. Uh, but it was glorious. That's the thing. They do always end up winning on a tech. Like, <laughs> I feel like the, the court is constantly ruling like, <laughs> it's not that you're wrong. You're just an asshole. Like that's, that's the rubber stamp thing for that. these things of like, yeah. yeah, I guess you're not wrong, but you're being a fucking dick about it, huh? And Okay, so here's a version of that. Let's talk about the Fulton case, because this is the big religion news this week. Just to give some background, and again, uh, here's the caveat. None of us are lawyers, so deal with it. Okay, (laughs) there is a big case in the Supreme Court that they finally decided this week, Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, and I'll try to give you the basic gist of it. Basically, in 2018, the City of Philadelphia, which gives money to groups doing good work, Um, There's a place called Catholic Social Services, Mm -hmm. a foster care agency. They received money, too, because they are helping put kids who need homes in homes. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But they also made it very clear, we're not going to put kids in the homes of same-sex couples. It violates our Catholic faith. So the city of Philadelphia said, all right, well, then we're going to stop giving you money. Yeah. Uh, That's it. You're violating our contract because we're not helping 
discriminatory groups. You right. got to follow city laws. And the question is, were they allowed to say no to the Catholic group? Or was mm-hmm. the Catholic group like, you can't say no to us because right. we're Catholic and right. we're adhering to our sincerely held beliefs. Mm-hmm. So is that religious discrimination? The city said, you, but they broke the rules that apply to everybody. We say no discrimination. I don't care if you're Catholic or you're something else. Mm-hmm. You have to follow our rules. If you mm-hmm. don't like the rules, you don't get the money. It's mm-hmm. not. But we're not singling out Catholics. We're right. not singling out religious groups. So they said they signed a contract pledging not to discriminate, and then they discriminated. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do anything wrong. And the Catholic group Since said... about discrimination, more about a contract <laughs> violation. Yeah, and the Catholic group said, well, look, if there was a gay couple that came to us, we would just refer them to some other organization. Oh, that's so brave. I know, very brave. And basically... Oh, the, these are bad kids. You don't want any of these kids. You want the, those good kids. The city's lawyer said... The secular kids. <laughs> the city's lawyer... Oh, by the way, the Catholic group even said, no gay couples have even come to us. Like, what are we complaining about here? And the lawyer for the city was like, well, if the National Baptist... Oh, I'm sorry. He said the National Baptist Association points out that if one of the agencies had a sign saying no Baptists allowed, it it would be cold comfort to those folks who say, well, you could just go somewhere else. Like, I see the writing on the wall. Why would I come to you right. if I'm looking to adopt or something? So anyway, this is what the case was about. And if you listen to the oral arguments in the Supreme Court, like, I, the, the fear was that they were totally this conservative court was looking for a way mm-hmm. to allow this Catholic agency to get away with being bigots mm-hmm. just while, you know, maintaining the um, law. No, Hemant, you're confused. They're all independent jurors. <laughs> yeah. They don't bring any of their baggage in and they just want to get to the, they just call balls and strikes, Hemant. <laughs> God, how naive some people <laughs> are. Um, one of the arguments that took place during oral arguments is, like people saying, well, what if the Catholic group or any other group wanted to discriminate against interracial couples? Mm-hmm. And the Catholic group's lawyers said, well, that would be unacceptable oh. because the government has an obligation to stop racial discrimination. And everyone's like, dude, dude, listen to yourself. It's how the long same has, thing. How long has being gay been a protect or is being gay a protected class? It's not nationally. Not nationally. That's yeah. the Equality Act, which the Senate right. has not Got passed. It. Yep. And I'm paying so, attention. So it's all good. Like, those were fair questions. So the fear is the Supreme Court might find a way to say the city can't punish a Catholic group just for maintaining their Catholic standards. And right. by the way, that applies everywhere to, like, everything. Mm-hmm. That's the fear. And what do they finally rule? And again, the first thing you see is John Roberts' Chief Justice is writing the case. Uh, oh no! Uh, then you see it's unanimous, uh, which is weird. R- unanimous on the decision to side with the Catholic agency. Okay. So that's the headline right there, and it's like, oh, that's not good. That's bad news. So now the question is, how did this break down? Well, the way it broke down is there's actually four different decisions. Because a lot of the conservative justices are like, I agree, the Catholic group won. So I'm on your side, but I don't like your reasoning. And this is what's amazing. The, the John Roberts case actually got all three of the liberal justices huh. to sign on to his brief. Which was? Uh, he basically said, um, I want to make sure I have this right. He said, 
the city's argument is that our non-discrimination laws apply to everybody. We're not singling out Catholics or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But he said part of the contract said the commissioner of that city agency that does this has the sole discretion to provide exceptions to the rule. If you guys could have seen Heaven's eye roll when he said exceptions. Yeah, and so what (laughs) Roberts wrote is this inclusion of a mechanism for entirely discretionary exceptions renders the non-discrimination provision not generally applicable. Saying, I know you think it's generally applicable, that everyone has to obey our rules, but that's not true. You have a little sentence in your contract that says, eh, we don't have to follow the rules. So... We're going to basically say the Catholic group wins Mm -hmm. because the city isn't applying the same rule across the board. Mm -hmm. But more or less, in English, John Roberts said, yeah, the contract, the Catholic group wins because there was like this loophole in the contract. But that's about it. Like, if if the city of Philadelphia got rid of that loophole... Mm we would be talking about something else. But you know what? The Supreme Court isn't ruling on that because you didn't do it. And it doesn't apply to anybody else. So, like, does the Catholic group get to say we won the case? Yes. Is it a victory for them? Really? They didn't get everything they wanted. Mm. And you could argue there is a silver lining there. And before you comment, let me add a couple things here that I think are important. Um, Nick Little, uh, one of the legal guys at the Center for Inquiry, says this is not a silver lining. This is a bad result either way. Um, He wrote... The notion of thanking the Supreme Court for not spanking us as hard as they might have done sticks in my craw. The ruling does not, as many emails I received from multiple groups claimed, permit anti-discrimination laws to continue as long as they don't include the offending clause, the loophole Uh that Philly did. The only way of coming to that viewpoint is a naive one, treating this decision as a standalone one and not part of a pattern of court privilege to religion. He basically said, this court wants to help these religious groups. Mm -hmm. That is bad for anyone who cares about church-state separation. Mm -hmm. The fact that they didn't go that far in this case, Mm -hmm. we all see the writing on the wall. We know what they're trying to do. Just because they didn't do it in this case, it's considerate luck of the draw. Like, (laughs) it could have been much worse. And I would add, here's why Amy Coney Barrett, who agrees with the decision but not Robert's argument. Here's what she said. There was a law that basically said, if it's a generally applicable rule, it's fine. And if religious groups violate it, screw them. Okay. And Amy Coney Barrett wanted to overturn that ruling. That's the fear. That was the, oh no, that could happen here. She said, I see no reason. Uh, her, her concern is, I want to overturn that, but I don't know what's going to replace it. And that's why she didn't go along with Sam Alito's argument, who said we should have taken the nuclear approach and said if any religious group wants to discriminate under the law, uh, just because the law says non-discrimination, they should be allowed to. Okay. He said that. He wrote a very long dissent. Mm-hmm. And Amy Coney Bear did not sign on to his dissent. And she said, okay, fine, I'm with you, but I don't know what we're going to replace that law with because we got to have something there. Um, I, again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to get in the weaves here. Yeah, I'm not um, sure if I exactly understand, but Samuel that's Alito a said, problem. if the city wants to get around today's decision, it can simply eliminate that loophole, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and if he if it does that, 
then voila, today's decision will vanish, says yeah. Alito. Yes, correct. Uh, today's decision will be correct. of no help in other cases. Yes. The court has emitted a wisp of a decision that leaves religious liberty in a confused and vulnerable state. Vulnerable, is vulnerable. it? Vulnerable, yeah. Are people getting arrested a lot for going <laughs> to church? Christians are in big, yeah. Um, I mean, just to... Alito wanted to do the nuclear approach and allow non-discrimination laws to just not apply to religious groups. Mm-hmm. John Roberts found a way to say, nope, it's just this loophole. Yeah. I'm going to use a technicality. It's kind of like what he did with the Obamacare decision. Like, mm-hmm. eh, it's a tax. Like, count as a tax. We can keep Obamacare here. And you know what? If you're going to say that, the liberals were like on your side and just, fine, we'll take that. Yeah. Let's run with it. I feel, again, not lawyer, it could have been worse. Yeah. It wasn't worse. And but it wasn't great. I agree with Nick at Center for Inquiry, which is, I know where this is going. They, there's a supermajority on the court that wants to give religion mm-hmm. every benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. even if it violates non-discrimination laws, yeah. even if they want to get away with bigotry. That's where they're going. Mm-hmm. But they got to have good cases to make that argument. Right. And at least in this case, Roberts is like, you gave me a shitty case. Mm-hmm. I cannot help you out here. Um, and you know what? The liberals are like, yeah, fine. We'll just, we'll That's take it. It's so fucking we'll incestuous. It. It's, it's annoying. It. it means the worst thing that the court could have done didn't happen. Maybe but tomorrow, it's scary. Clarence, you know, Thomas and Alito will suddenly have to retire for non-health reasons, but just like they got really bored This and Biden gets, uh, two more seats. Yeah. If, two seats period, not two more. Well, so the big case this week was Obamacare being held up again. Mm-hmm. Like they, they said, again, well, you brought us a stupid case. We're not going to go along with it. Obamacare survives again. But one of the things that happened is John Roberts said, oh, Stephen Breyer, the old liberal guy who's on the court, mm-hmm. you get, you're in the majority with me. I'm going to assign this case to you. You get to write this decision. Okay. Breyer got to write a decision that saves Obamacare huh. for the third time, which is a big effing deal. This is the biggest case in this term. Uh, and a lot of commentators are like, it's a swan you, song. You can leave on a high. Mm-hmm. Retire now. You're in your 80s mm-hmm. somewhere. And by the way, there are three more days this coming week where they're going to announce decisions. And usually the last day when they announce decisions, which I believe is going to be next Friday, is the day when anyone who's going to retire would make an announcement mm-hmm. that they're going to retire. Liberals are hoping Breyer is like, yeah, now's good. Yeah. Because you could get someone through in the Senate with 50 votes. Right. Um, Clarence well, Thomas, in my opinion, stupidly, did not retire not when Trump was in office. Under Trump. He's older, too. Late 70s, maybe? Like... If now if he retires, he's not going to retire voluntarily. I doubt. No. Um, but that's where you would see some. Like if Breyer retires, it's more like all right, maintain our status quo of three justices right. on the liberal side. He's seventy-two. Yeah, oh, not old. Not old. He's not that like, old. But I feel like he's been on the court for fifty years. So how <laughs> old was he when he got put on the court? Like twelve. Yeah, Stephen Breyer is eighty-two. Yeah. Let's we'll um, see what happens. Again, so this Fulton case, it was a narrow decision. It will have a limited impact. It could have been much worse. But if you're looking big picture, the court made it very clear. The conservative justices made it clear from their rulings. If they had a better case and the ability to let religion run amok, mm-hmm. no matter what bigotry their beliefs 
espouse, mm-hmm. they totally would have gone along with it. Mm-hmm. And that may be the scarier thing to see here, yeah. that how many of these justice, justices are like, we totally want to blow up the Constitution mm-hmm. to benefit religion. That's kind of the scary thing about it. Oh, boy, and God, fucking McConnell's already making noises about not holding, like... McConnell, if they McConnell's win like... any seats in the Senate election, or if, you know, heaven forbid, some Democrat dies in the Senate, McConnell's just going to shut down the pipeline to everything. Yep. And Joe Manchin is like, I guess that's fine. What the fuck, Joe Manchin? Like, genuinely, can you, I just, it's, can you imagine, can you imagine having as much power as Joe Manchin does right now and having the ability to put something right that has so long been wrong? And he, and I get it. I get he's from a red state and that he has a vulnerable seat, but like, what better way to go out than, yes, I'm willing to sacrifice my seat. Well, I don't know, because then we'd get a red seat in there and that's not going to help anything. But, like, I just, why is he acting like... Why do you go into politics right. when your entire goal is to do nothing? Right, exactly. <laughs> you and could like, make life better for so many people and it seems like the only person who doesn't understand why this legislation matters. Right. Uh, whatever the legislation is, voting rights. Right. Uh, Equality Act, like none of it would affect him personally. So he's like, meh. It's annoying. It's, it's so disappointing. It's I, Kirsten just, Cinema too. Like, I don't know why you go into politics or it, fight for these seats, yeah, and then get there and like, eh, I don't want to accomplish and anything. It and the, I, I think the larger problem. Haven't has to keep updating the times because I good. keep talking. It's all good. Um, the larger problem I think is that we all we Democrats you know, liberals, leftists worked our ass off to win this 2020 election. We they're already fundraising for 2022 campaigns. Who's they? Uh, lots of Democrats oh. for Senate seats for like Warnock. Mm-hmm. I saw that yesterday mm-hmm. and other people are already declaring their candidacies yeah. for big seats. Yeah. And I get that. I get why they're raising money and stuff. But also, don't say we need to win these seats when... We have the seats. You now have the seats, so get some shit done. Yeah. I know the numbers in the Senate, but now it's up to the Democrats to, like, figure out a way to get Manchin on board. And I know they started doing that with the voting rights thing, where he's... Like, just tell him... I I wish they would just just tell Manchin, fine, if you not want to eliminate the filibuster, you tell us the 10 Republicans that are going to vote for it. Right, exactly. I I want a list. I want a list of 12 because half of those are, you know, they're not going (laughs) to all. They're lying to you. Right. (laughs) Every day nothing gets done is a day Mitch McConnell half smiles Uh, in a creepy way. Uh, I want to do something stupid funny for a second because i saw this video and it was Ooh. weird and i have to talk about it because it's it's just strange do i get to watch it go? you can i guess i'll describe it to you there's okay. nothing to see oh here's ted cruz on oh. twitter oh no here's yes. ted cruz on twitter uh monday of this week on flag day <laughs> Saying this didn't used to be controversial, and it's him standing in front of a flag in what appears to be his office, reciting the Pledge of Allegiance with his hand over his heart with an audience of nobody. And he's so close to that flag. He's very close to the flag. It's like he's invading that flag's personal space, and it's not a human. It's not a person. It doesn't have personal space, but I'm still uncomfortable on behalf of the flag. He's just talking to the flag, and someone's videotaping it because some low-level staffer has to. Okay, questions I have about this. Like, how is that controversial? 
Who was Not stopping him no one. from ever doing that? Never no one. No. Um, that flag, honestly, if you look at the shape of it, it looked like it didn't want to be there. <laughs> Who randomly just recites the Pledge of Allegiance out of nowhere? Well, like, it's Flag Day, Hammond. Weird. It's very weird. Yeah, I was Flag Day. You know what I did on Flag Day? Not recite the Pledge of Allegiance with an audience of nobody. Mm-hmm. And also, why is he excited about Flag Day? He voted to overturn democracy. Uh, you well, don't get to pretend to be a patriot. It's it's so performative. It's yes. so like performative with zero substance. This used, didn't used to be controversial. What, sir? You're just passed a law to make everybody do this every fucking day of their lives. Like, <laughs> no, it's not controversial. It's just weird and North Korean. Yes. How do you think this, they decided which staffer had to videotape this shit? Lowest you- level. Lowest level? Oh, Do you think they drew straws? Someone lost no, a betting pool? I think it's somebody's nephew who like owns Adobe Pro or whatever that <laughs> video thing is. Like, oh, he, he's got a TikTok. He knows how videos do. And like, he, doesn't he know that real Republicans hug the flag and not stand at it from They're a distance? so horny for it, huh? They're so weird about it. It's so strange. <laughs> Let's talk about the death penalty. Mm. There was a poll out. Uh, actually, it came out earlier this month about the Pew Re- from the Pew Research Center about the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And what they did this week is they added another article about it saying, hey, here's the results broken down by religious group. Mm-hmm. And what they asked people is, do you, um, do you support the death penalty for people convicted of murder? Okay. So these are the people who would theoretically Mm -hmm. deserve it but do you support the death penalty and white evangelicals 75 percent of them either somewhat favor it or strongly favor it 75 75 percent 23 percent of them said no Mm -hmm. they either somewhat oppose it or strongly oppose it but when you look at atheists in particular not nuns atheists Only 35% support it, 65% oppose it. And those are the two biggest contrasts between white evangelicals and atheists in particular. Um, So just to repeat there, two-thirds of atheists, 65%, are against the death penalty. Only 23% of white evangelicals say the same thing. I feel like there's an argument you could make about which side here is more moral... I think I could easily make that. Side. First of all, do you remember um, the Wyoming state senator, uh, Lynn Hutchings? Which one was she? She's the one who said she was pro-death penalty because without the death penalty, Jesus wouldn't have been sacrificed oh, like, oh, and we Jesus. wouldn't have Christianity. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, death penalty. Also, it's a black woman from Wyoming. She's possibly the only (laughs) one in the state. I'm not sure how she's a Republican. Um, (laughs) We'll come back to that thought soon. Yeah, um, I'm not sure why you're a Republican. Do you have thoughts? Do you have strong thoughts on the death penalty? Yeah, it's bad. I mean, look, uh, as much as I want to punish people who absolutely deserve to be punished, Mm -hmm. I don't like government sanctioned executions. Mm -mm. There are flaws in the system. Mm -hmm. There are stories about people. There's one in Missouri right now where every witness who was used to prosecute a guy are Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I lied. He's not the guy. He's been in prison for like 40 years. The governor of Missouri could Mm -hmm. pardon him. Won't do it. He's Republican. Again, 
Oh, he was. No one is defending the death penalty the governor for this guy. Of the uh, governor of Missouri was busy making sure that they don't have to register guns. Is that what he was doing? Uh, they don't have right. to do yeah. a national gun registry. No, I think that there are other stories too. Oh, people please. who. Uh, very clearly, the evidence was either flawed or doctored or whatever it was to prosecute somebody. Because mm-hmm. if you're a, a prosecutor, mm-hmm. like you don't want a mystery, a murder to go unsolved. So you're like, nope, this guy did it. We caught him. Good for us. Well, he deserves the death penalty. I mean, as somebody who follows a ton of true crime, like the pressure is in from the beginning because the cops need to bring somebody in. And right. then once they bring anybody in, then the, the state's attorneys have to be like, States attorneys? Yeah, states attorneys have to, like, get this win, so they're going to do... Because mm-hmm. at some Kamala point... Kamala Harris has been accused of doing mm-hmm. that in that position when mm-hmm. she was in office. Yeah, because we have developed a justice system that is not about finding justice, but making sure people get wins and losses. I mean, it disproportionately affects people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at death row, things like that. I mean, there is systemic racial bias in the death penalty system. So, yeah, I morally oppose the yeah. death penalty... But again, it, one of the things that's striking about this poll is that the very people who claim to be pro-life mm-hmm. yes. does not apply on the other end of the life spectrum. Correct. They Christianity will uh, Christians will tell you they support forgiveness for anybody. Well, and it. I mean, they've there, there are people who have been in prison. Jeffrey Dahmer, I think, famously was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Like sat down uh, and said, I found Jesus. Um, Ted to, Bundy. Ted famous. Bundy, maybe. That's what I'm thinking of. And he blamed his murders on pornography. That's right. I mean, they're all for forgiveness for even the most heinous oh, yeah. of crimes. But for the death penalty in general, it's like, again, I'm not saying let them go. No. I'm saying you no, could no, no, easily no. Yeah. imprison them for life. Uh, there are ways to punish people in a way that is uh, maybe... Uh, deterring other mm-hmm. people from committing crimes but the death penalty is i mean did, what was the state south carolina that's like oh we don't have the medicine we need for execution oh, yeah. lethal injection so firing squad let's go with yeah, it. yeah we have no problems here um yeah it's I, I think the death penalty is universally terrible and like in embarrassing relic of our justice mm-hmm. system the fact that i are is the u.s the only first world nation that oh. you don't know off the top of your head no, what i, don't I expect you to um, and by the way, there's an easy Christian case you could easily make against the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. said that, representing the entire Catholic Church, said executions are inadmissible. Mm-hmm. That was his word. In every situation, basically saying the Catholic Church is like full on mm-hmm. against the death penalty. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's important. I mean, again, for all the political muscle these conservative Christians use to protect fetuses no mm-hmm. matter what mm-hmm. we don't care what the woman is going through we don't care about the situation we'll do anything to protect a fetus from dying mm-hmm. they exhibit none of that courtesy to people regardless of evidence regardless right. of situation uh at the other end of the life spectrum so yeah it's um <clears throat> it's blatant hypocrisy it is hard I, I have yet to hear somebody give me an actual interesting and thoughtful argument about well, you're pro-life, but you're pro-gun, and we know the right. damage guns do. But it's always, well, I have to protect myself, as if these people are, like, constantly... It's like the purge every night of the year where these people live. They're like, I need my semi-automatic for my suburban <laughs> house in Westchester, but I need this gun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when it comes to kids not getting adequate nutrition, education, medical care, don't give a Nowhere shit. Nowhere to be found. No, uh, it's just... 
And I mean, God, even when like women are being raped right and left and they're like, oh, well, that's not what we're concerned about, actually. Let me know if she gets pregnant and then I'll have a dog in this fight. Like, it's bad. It's terrible. It's so hypocritical. It's astounding. Just and for, I want listeners, if you hear anyone say Christians have the moral high ground, mm-hmm. that they are pro-life, mm-hmm. that they care about life. They don't. They don't. Here's They don't care about the earth. They're actively trying to legislate against the earth existing <laughs> good. So, like, I don't know what they think about some random... De- like, it's just... They're so terrible and so transparently bad. It's awful. I but hate it. I hate this country. There is a guy named Joshua Higginbotham. He is a state representative from West Virginia. Okay. Just came out as gay. Oh, congratulations, um, bud. He said on Twitter, I'm gay. I've wanted to tell you this, speaking to the public. I've wanted to tell you this for many years but I couldn't be public like I wanted because there were still a few people in my family who didn't know yet. Now they do. So I was now I say now they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> now they do. So now I'm telling you too. So oh. part of me is like, good for him. I'm glad he feels comfortable, especially in West Virginia coming out like that. But I, I feel like I is gave the away prestige the game. Coming <laughs> I feel like I gave away the game when I said West Virginia. Uh, he's a Republican. He's isn't a he? Republican. The Prestige. Not just a Republican. Uh-oh. He is a Trump supporting conservative Christian Republican who supports batshit crazy legislation. He is opposed to abortion rights. He's opposed to gun safety. His uh, 2018, when he first ran for office, uh-huh. that election, uh-huh. uh, I mean, the screenshot on the YouTube video, his campaign video, uh-huh. is Higginbotham stands with Trump. Like, uh, I will say... How old is he? He's very, very young. Is I he? don't have the age in front of me, but he's he's very young. Early uh-huh. 20s. Oh. Um, I should say, he has been a co-sponsor of, like, the State's Fairness Act to prevent LGBTQ discrimination. Oh, well, yeah, that's how Republicans do. It affects them. They'll <laughs> sign on to that's, it. Yes, that's exactly my point. By the way, that bill got nowhere, because, oh. again, Republicans have power in that state. Mm-hmm. So, like... Good for him for coming out. I'm glad. And by the way, the Republicans in his own party are like, we're very happy. We're proud of him for coming out. We're glad he feels comfortable. Oh, they're so thrilled. Are you kidding? <laughs> they have a gay person on yeah. their on their team. They're fucking thrilled about the it. Candace Owens model right, of politics. That's exactly correct. We that's have exactly one. Yeah. Let's just promote that one. <laughs> Make sure um, we got them all in a picture. <laughs> like, again, but this guy is now going to continue being in politics in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Even if he's supportive of LGBTQ rights, he belongs to and defends and gives power to a party Mm -hmm. that routinely opposes LGBTQ rights and makes life worse for people who don't apparently have the same support system he has. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, West Virginia just passed a bill banning trans athletes at like any level. He didn't support it, but again, it only passed because his party has all the power. Mm -hmm. So... I guess I don't really have a specific question here. It's it's what do you do when it's do you do you celebrate what this guy did? Do you say screw you? Like I look at what you're doing Listen. with your power, or do, I don't know what else is there for him to do. Because like, honestly, this is like the same Caitlyn Jenner bullshit. Like I'm happy this dude is living his you know, living his life to the fullest extent and living his true authentic self. That's great. That doesn't mean you're not a dick. Like being, being a minority class does not mean you're not also an asshole. Two things can be true. Caitlyn Jenner is a trans woman. She's also a raging asshole. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, like 
you do not get to be you don't get to seek out shelter from the queer community because not that this guy is doing that, but like you do not get the support of queer community and their allies when you are actively fighting against everything that's good for them. So like good for you for coming out good for the party for not being dicks about it. But like, okay, so now there's a gay asshole in the West Virginia Senate. (laughs) Like, what do you want me to do about that? I would would add, he's not an ally and no one should consider him such. That's the thing. And this is a Caitlyn Jenner thing. Like, I'm glad you're out. Mm -hmm. And also, you're not our friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're not on our side. Because even if you personally, to this guy, Higginbotham, even if you're not supporting anti-LGBTQ legislation because of you and people like you, no one else gets LGBTQ rights mm-hmm. either. So, like, you're yeah. indirectly supporting bigotry, of even if you're personally not doing no, it. No, absolutely. And it's it's a real case of it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect anybody, because he's probably living a okay... You know, he's not... He's not actively having his life threatened, right? So, like, he's not in that bad a shape. But, no, it's it it sucks. It I don't know. Shitty people come in all stripes, I guess. That is true. Oh, I want to say, actually... um, I feel like when what's going on with the California gubernatorial election? When's um, that coming into it? Soon? I don't remember the date. Anyway, Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California. We've talked about her already. I just want to say very clearly on this show that we all can think Caitlyn Jenner is an asshole and we all do. But, like, don't invalidate her gender identity. That sucks. Oh, yeah. So, like, if you're listening to this podcast... There are podcast, plenty of ways you could criticize Caitlyn Jenner that doesn't involve Oh, so many. Oh, 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 so many. But, like, <laughs> it, so I, I hope people call... Not only don't participate in it, but call out people who yeah. misgender her, because that sucks, and that's not helpful. Shift the conversation to her driving skills, or her... her shitty opinions. Her the ignorance fact that she plays of in the, everything. She plays in the LGBT... L, LP... What's the golf one? LPGA. LPGA, and she's against trans athletes. What? Tell me how that works. God, I hope that's right. I'm going to fact check myself really quick. She's not in the LPGA. Did she play some tournament, like Maybe. some celebrity tournament or something? Maybe. I'm going to look into it. But yeah. Uh, while you were doing that, uh-huh. I'm going to jump to Florida. Florida this week, Ron DeSantis, their governor, passed, uh, signed a bill. Yeah, that- she returns to the, de- this is 2017, but yeah. she, in 2017 she played in the LPGA Pro-Am. So, okay, so she was the amateur that played a golf game mm-hmm. with uh, athletes, and but- she wants to make sure trans athletes yeah. in high schools in California never get that opportunity. So, I was almost right. I was right. Close enough. She played in the good. women's team, and she thinks... She's the only one who gets that privilege because yeah. she's a special pentathlon. pentathlon? Was that her? medalist in the Olympics. Yeah, whatever. She's not better than me. <laughs> so back to Ron DeSantis yes. in Florida. He signed a law that will institute a God, moment of silence in Florida, which I roll, is it a big deal? Here's yes. why I think it matters. The law now, HB 529, says... All public schools in the state have to have a moment of silence to begin the school day, public Mm -hmm. schools. It has to last at least 60 seconds. That's so long. Jesus Christ. That's so long for high school students to sit still and quietly. Yeah, and younger. And younger. Yeah, 60 seconds. I mean, again, if it's a moment of silence, that's like, we're done. What do you think is the longest? What do you think is the longest that your youngest has stayed still? Two seconds. (laughs) Yeah. 
not 60. And is he it's praying 50. the whole time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the question. They try to get around that whole workaround. They're like, this isn't about prayer. This is about silence. And anyone can do it. But everyone has to participate. Even And they're not going to tell you what to do. What does that mean? You have to participate. You have to be silent and you can't like or stage what? a raging protest and get <laughs> in the way. You're going to arrest me? Yeah. I don't know. Like, you can't interrupt other students who want to observe a moment of silence, which, all right, fine. What students can't do is learn <laughs> during that minute. But <laughs> oh, I would be reading during that. 16-year-old me in the back of the class reading. <laughs> the, the guy who sponsored this bill, Randy Fine, who a state representative, he said earlier this year, I fundamentally believe that our kids have issues today in part because they don't have time for moments of reflection. And he said that after referencing the mass shooting in Parkland. He's basically saying that happened because we don't take time to reflect. That guy famously said, if I had an hour a year to sit quietly at my desk in the morning, I never would have done the terrible things I did. I believe you are quoting the killer, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, DeSantis, mm -hmm, however, went ahead and just gave away the game. Here's what he said. Oh, God. The idea that you can just push God out of every institution and be successful? I'm sorry. Our founding fathers did not believe that. Go to a Christian school then. The founding fathers believed in slavery. Who cares what they felt? There's so many Christian schools. They're yeah. literally everywhere. And I, no one pushed God out of schools. The idea that this is a workaround or a solution to something that never happened I just, is stupid. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I don't genuinely don't understand, like, what the workload of a governor or a senator is. Which state? Uh, uh, Florida. Florida. None, say none, zero. It's, it's crocodile fighting, alligator fighting, <laughs> shit. Yes. Alligator fighting. They have alligators in Florida. Yes. Don't DM me. Um, No, but uh, it's Florida. And I'm not saying Florida is a complete garbage state, but it's not perfect. I think we can agree generally. What percentage of this man's time, the governor's time, the king of the state, did he dedicate or assign his underlings to dedicate to making sure kids can be quiet for a minute in the morning, which is oh, a, which a is very... a solution to a problem nobody has had because guess what? Kids could always sit quietly. Yeah. Yeah. They can always sit quietly. He admitted this there was about God. There have been dogs who haven't talked through all of high school. <laughs> Randy Fine, by the way, also on Facebook when the bill was introduced, said, I won't stop fighting back against woke radicals who who wish to drive the Judeo-Christian values from our lives. Even he admitted this is about getting God in school. Of course it is. Um, so, like, don't don't pretend this is about reflection or meditation or silence so or anything. This is a way to get prayer in school so that they can go back to their base and say, look, I did it. I know we called it a science pr- silent prayer, but wink, wink. It just... I don't... I, I guess I don't get priorities of politicians. I, I truly... I don't get priorities of... Republican politicians. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, this, this serves no purpose. It does not help. No teacher was demanding this. It's it's just a nothing problem that wasted a bunch of people's time and that is honestly going to be forgotten about in two weeks. You know what I mean? They're going to yeah. do it and then it's going to stop happening. Except and then it's going to get annoying when the minutes start adding up and no one's sitting silent mm-hmm. and no one's going to do anything about it. Kids which... are going to be doing their homework during this silent prayer. I tell yeah. you that right now. Yep. I mean, literally, I've had moments of silence in Illinois, which were literal moments. And again, good luck with that shit. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Let's 
Here's an election we did not talk about yet. The Southern Baptists had an election this week. They elected like a moderate dude, right? Okay, so let's talk about that. That's what I wanted to bring up. Okay, that's what the headline said. This is for the Southern Baptist Convention, the biggest Protestant denomination in the country. It's not the Catholic Church. There isn't a one man at the top of the hierarchy thing. Right. But there is a leader. Mm -hmm. And there are like tens of thousands of autonomous churches Mm -hmm. That kind of give money to the group, but like it, they don't get to dictate. The leader at the top doesn't get to dictate what everyone does, what mm-hmm. they believe, whatever. But it is symbolic and it has some power, kind of, sort of. But yeah, the question is who's going to win? And your options were a guy who's been kind of anti Trump at one point mm-hmm. and then switched to pro Trump, uh, Al Mohler. Okay. And he kind of pissed off the liberals because he's pro Trump. But also he pissed off the Republicans by not being fully pro-Trump. Like, so he didn't even make the runoff. Yeah. There was a guy named, I believe, Mike Stone, who was hardcore Trumpist Republican, who was gunning for this victory because uh-huh. he wanted to be like, yeah, racial. He wanted to, whatever, oppose critical race theory, which isn't a thing that he wants to get rid of. He wanted to stifle any investigation into sexual abuse in the denomination. Mm-hmm. He was bad for anything. Uh, so... That was a guy in the running. And the other guy was a pastor named Ed Litton, who, like you said, was he the moderate? That's how some headlines put it. Okay, but that's not... But, I mean, how moderate is this guy? Just to be clear, because well, he is moderate called moderate. is a... <laughs> it's doing a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to the Baptists. Yeah, it's moderate in relation to the batshit crazy right-wing right. Southern Baptist. Right. This is a guy who opposes LGBTQ rights, opposes same-sex marriage, doesn't believe women should preach from the pulpit. That's fair. Opposes abortion. Obviously. Um, That's what... So where is the moderate label coming from? Well, he thinks we should stop being racist. (laughs) Oh, my God. And he was known as a guy who fought for reconciliation on racial issues. And also, he's not really going to stop investigations into sexual abuse. The bar is below (laughs) the Earth's crust, and yet we still stumble. Those are the reasons this guy is called a, quote, moderate. He does not support abortion rights. He wants women to give birth against their will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Women should... (laughs) One of the big controversies is this guy does not think women should be past preachers Uh in any way. Uh But at his church, when he was talking about marriage, he's like, hey, wife of mine. Come up here and talk about marriage as well. So he allowed his wife to speak from the pulpit but regarding he was supervising marriage. supervising her. In a, yeah, basically. <laughs> and that was seriously a point of contention where people are like, this guy, this yeah. guy lets women speak in church. Listen, if she had gone off script, he would full on just shove her off the stage <laughs> to maintain his position. Like, let's take yeah. it easy. <laughs> but anyway, Ed Litton won that race. Mm-hmm. It was like 52% to 48% over the crazy right wing guy. Yeesh. And somehow this is supposed to represent a good news for the liberal mm-hmm. wing. Like, if the right wing guy had won, there were black pastors who were like, we're totally quitting yeah. if that guy wins. Yeah. The fact that Litton won means they're going to stay and try to work some shit out. Tell me his thing on Trump. What's his view on Trump? Litton? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's a political guy. I mean, oh. when I say that, I mean, like, I'm sure he votes Republican. But he is not a let's use our religion to back a political party. He's basically, I don't talk about religion from gotcha. the church. Okay. Uh, I don't talk about politics from the pulpit. Um, so that is a thing that happened. Now, what does this mean for Southern Baptists as a whole? It means... That the worst of the worst people in their leadership aren't going to control 
like the wording, the phrasing, the 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 way they are mm. going to function from here on out. They don't have the power to do that. But also, the denomination, whether they like it or not, is getting more right wing, regardless of who's at the top. And this yeah. is one thing worth pointing out. Um, one of the first interviews Ed Litton did after uh, he became after he got elected mm-hmm. is with CNN. And one of the things CNN's Aaron Burnett pointed out, uh, this is, I'm quoting her, there is a recent poll that shows 25% of white evangelicals, including Southern Baptists, believe in QAnon. And so basically, like, Pastor, have you encountered this? And here's what Lytton said. I have not. I don't know many pastors who have. It's a fringe problem. And so almost 50,000 Southern Baptist churches, most pastors are faithfully teaching God's word, dot, dot, dot. Conspiracy theories are across the culture. There are all kinds of fringe elements to believe a lie. Mm. Basically, he's saying, I haven't haven't personally encountered it, but also this is a small group. They don't represent who we are, and our job is to preach the gospel. But I would take issue with that answer because... uh, it's not fringe. 25%, which is the number she brought up. I don't know where she got that from. That is not a fringe. No. I will give you some numbers. The American Enterprise Institute, which is a conservative group, they found in January 29% of Republicans and 27% of white evangelicals believe in QAnon. Hmm. They believe it's completely or mostly accurate. Only 7% of black Protestants believe that. So, like, there's a difference. Sure. Southern Baptists are uniquely bad at this. Um, In January, also, a different survey from Lifeway Research, which is part of the Southern Baptist Convention, found that 49% (gasps) of Protestant pastors said, yeah, I've heard conspiracy theories spread in my church. I've heard, yeah. And a lot of those pastors, like, run large churches, if not mega churches. Mm -hmm. But again, that's not fringe. And... I would argue that, uh, first of all, if you took away every QAnon believer from these churches, if it was a fringe, you wouldn't notice. Right. <laughs> you would notice yes. if the QAnon people 25% were gone. is a lot. Yeah. And again, if you're disturbed by the, the conspiracy theory and mm-hmm. the fact that so many people who go to these churches just mindlessly believe this shit, mm-hmm. I mean, you, more church pastors, Southern Baptist pastors should be speaking out against it. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling them which way to vote. I'm not saying they should preach that. I don't want them preaching that. But they could easily spend more time preaching about how people should stop believing crazy shit. But also, good luck with that because your entire job is teaching people to believe crazy shit. Well, it's it's impossible, right? When you are teaching people to believe something without evidence, it... It, it opens the door. It, right. <laughs> and so if you say stuff. to somebody who's a, a true believer in, in God and Jesus and all that, and also a true believer in QAnon, if you tell them, well, you have no evidence that QAnon is real besides some writings that either he or one <laughs> of his followers left behind or a prankster left behind, well, if I tell you that's not real, then how quick are you going to be to turn around and be like, well, that's the same evidence we have for Jesus, huh? Yeah. The, the same kind of thinking you need to be a Southern yeah. Baptist is the thinking that opens the door to other wild conspiracy theories. Yeah. And so I don't, like, I don't know what Ed Litton can do about that, but I think the one thing he can do is acknowledge that this is a serious problem in the church and acknowledge that, you know what? Yeah, we do have a lot of Trump-supporting people mm-hmm. who perpetuate beliefs 
that violate what we teach about Jesus. Right. I mean, acknowledging that and then calling for as much power and persuasion as he can do mm-hmm. like telling people you have to speak out he doesn't control it he can't force them to do it but getting them to speak out against believing that stuff and promoting bad policy right because again this is what's happened under the southern baptist and was going to happen if that more conservative guy won mm-hmm. which is they're basically an arm of the republican party of course so what are you doing ed Litton, to make sure as many southern baptists as possible are not supporting not just crazy conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. but policies that even I could tell you go against a fairly popular interpretation of Christianity. And if you're not doing that because you think you're apolitical as if you could stay on the sidelines, what good are you? You're not any better than whatever anyone else wanted. And there are, I've seen so many tweets from Southern Baptists, uh, writers, journalists who cover them, who are like breathing a sigh of relief that this guy won. But that only makes sense if, like, you can't just say, well, it could have been worse. You need them to actually do shit. Like, Joe Biden won. I'm glad he won because it's not Trump. Mm -hmm. But also, what good is that unless you're going to do something with it? Right. And this is one of the arguments a lot of progressives have right now. Like, you have the majority you needed. Use it. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to be bipartisan and water down bad bills. Right. Same with Litton. Like... I don't know the guy. I haven't followed the guy until last week. I really hadn't heard of the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's the quote unquote moderate leader now, right. then start doing some shit. The one thing I think they did do is, even though there was pushback against a comprehensive look at sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the one thing they can do, because one of the arguments their leaders have made is, what do you want us to do? We don't control these churches. We can't just stop them from sexual abusing them because we don't have that power. Right. One thing they could have done is create like an internal database of people who have been accused so that every pastor who runs a church can like, oh, we're about to hire this guy. Is he in the database? You could have done that. Yeah. You know who ended up doing that? The Houston Chronicle newspaper. Jesus. They're like, well, if the Baptists aren't going to do it and we're investigating this, right. we'll do it for you. Like, this is something they could have done but chose not to. They have an interest in getting away with it. They don't have an interest in making yes. it better. Yeah. And so this is something the guy could do. We'll see if he actually does. It. Um, I just got a push notification that the cash, the American Catholic bishops advanced um, that that plan to keep Biden from getting communion. Oh, did they? Yeah. they. Yeah. Uh, Which has no uh, staying power. They Like, if the bishops, the United States Catholic bishops, or whatever the group is called, um, even if they say it, no one's under obligations to follow them. And I think the Vatican has been like, to stop it. Don't vote on this shit. Like the Roman Catholic the bishops of the United States flouting a warning from the Vatican. This is by Elizabeth Dias. <laughs> flouting warning from the Vatican has overwhelmingly voted to draft a statement on this. This draft a statement on the sacrament of the Eucharist, advancing a political push by conservative bishops to deny President Biden communion because of his support of abortion rights. This um, is the stupid thing about that. Seventy-three to twenty-four percent it passed. Yeah, I mean the, the United States conference of catholic bishops is a very conservative group but here's the thing if you started denying communion to people who call themselves catholics but are also like joe biden Mm -hmm. pro-abortion rights Mm -hmm. whether or not you think of that or have had abortions themselves um if you do it to politicians uh, then all the more reason you are pushing those politicians out of your church the best marketing you have right you're pushing that out and you know what if you stop giving communion to catholics (laughs) 
who supported abortion rights, you would not be giving communion to a lot of people at all. Because no. Catholics are overwhelmingly, I'm, I'm not overwhelmingly, they do support abortion rights. It's a majority, rights. at least. I believe it's a majority. Uh, it's, a, it's a shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Uh, but again, their vote means nothing. It right. has no weight. It doesn't mean anything. It's symbolic. So whatever. It's just a group of people who are like, how can we make the Catholic Church look worse? Uh, yeah. yeah. Then, and like in the, I skimmed it while you were talking, but they're saying that um, uh, Biden is probably the most religiously observant commander in chief yeah. since Jimmy Carter. Like the and one so the thing fact you know that they're separate. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the fact they're trying to separate themselves from him is. <laughs> Not great PR, Someone's guys. Someone's trying and to even, make us look good? Hell with that. Even the Vatican is like, guys, fucking cut it out, dude. We got a Catholic in the White House. We haven't gotten that since fucking Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's just... So it's, I will say I appreciate the Catholics doing our work for us. Yeah. I appreciate the Southern Baptists Keeps taking, me from having to do anything active. Taking no steps to get rid of the worst people in their midst. Uh, they're still around. They're still. Not it's just they're turning into this like supernova. Oh. They're collapsing in on themselves, and they're getting so dense that no light can pass through. I'm not an <laughs> astrologist, so I'm the, not sure if that's how supernovas do. Before that election of Lytton, the executive mm-hmm. committee of the Southern Baptists had an option like, "Hey, we're going to do an investigation of sexual abuse, but we wanted to include like what the executives knew." didn't know what did you do when you heard about these cases and they were like no no thank you they voted that down and now uh you'll take my secrets to the grave when the members could vote and it was a bigger vote and a different vote they Uh were like we no, we are going to do that investigation but we'll outsource it to like a christian oversight committee which it's something it's not great because again it's still kind of technically in-house i don't love that but uh-huh. this group has a reputation for doing good work we'll see again you could be doing so much more and they don't uh one it's last tough. story for you okay. uh kaylee mckinney remember her she was the white house yeah. spokes uh press flag oh, secretary oh yes uh, she was speaking yes, 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 last yes. week at the right-wing group turning point usa's young women's leadership summit which again if you're gonna invite four of them <laughs> if you're gonna invite kaylee mckinney to speak you are not i mean god let's hope they don't turn out to be leaders like mm. her but one of the things she said and she has said this before uh on the first day that she was a press secretary, one of the questions she got is, are you going to lie to us? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was a good question. <laughs> and she said no. And here's what she said last week at that conference. And I said without hesitation about that question, no. And I never did. As a woman of faith, dot, 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 I never lied. I sourced my information, which is a lie. Like... <laughs> She 100% lied. She keeps digging. We documented the lies. She told lie. She said the Mueller report was a complete and total, total exoneration of Trump. Mm-hmm. It was not. No. She said Trump had a long history of condemning white supremacy and Did racism. That. Like, good luck with that. She said Paw Patrol was canceled. It wasn't in any sense of that Because they're word. cops? Because they're dog cops? Because they're cops, uh-huh. yes. Uh, she said COVID would never come to the United States. That was after there were cases in the was United States. Was she around States. that long? How long is um, she the press secretary? Like we're a really year. Boy, a lot happened that year. Uh-huh. She also made a bunch of appearances on Fox News where she held up binders of information of supposed voter fraud claims, but never opened up the binders so anyone could see what was inside these clearly blank sheets of paper. Those are things that they did on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah. Like, so she's a liar. We know she's a liar. She should know she's a liar. She must know. Um, 
And yet she's using these same lines over and over, lying to people, and then saying, I, of course I didn't lie. I'm a Christian. Like, lady, have you met Christians? <laughs> and the problem is, how many white evangelicals are going to call her out on her lies? Not none. See? Very few. Yeah. She's living proof that you can't trust someone just because they happen to be religious as well. But again, unless more Christians are willing to call out her bullshit. They're not. It's not going to change. Yeah, it's not great. And she's so young. She's going to be hanging around for a hot minute. I don't. She's younger than us, right? I'm sure she is. Uh, She's young. Uh, Elise Stefanik, the Republican leader who ousted Liz Cheney, is also in her 20s. I do not understand the thought process that's like, why would you hitch your wagon to Trump? You have to live with that shit for the rest of your life. Mm, like, mm-hmm. God, it's one thing for these old guys who are like, I'm 82. Yeah, right. I love Trump. Well, right. You're not going to be around much longer. So, like, whatever. You can die happy. Whatever. She's born in 88, so she's a little bit younger than yeah. us. So, again, like, why would you? You're going to spend the rest of your life, I hope, no, but having to pay for this alliance that you've made. I think they're banking on people. I don't know. I, I they. Or they just don't have a long-term game plan, which also, now that I say it out loud, they have no one in their life circles who are like, what are you doing? There was a story in, I think, Time Magazine where they're like, Elise Stefanik, who is the new, like, number three leader in the Republican Party, um, they spoke to her friends from college because she was an activist in college, a conservative. Uh, But she was an activist, and they're like, they spoke to her friends, and they're like, yeah, no, she was, like, conservative, but smarter. And now we don't know what the hell's going uh, on with her. Because she wasn't, like, a sure. Trump toady. Yeah. Uh, like, and all of her old friends are like, yeah, we don't we don't talk to her. We don't know what happened to her. Uh, we're not friends with her anymore. Yeah. It's like, man, when you're 20, whatever she is, and giving up all of your right. close friends, you're basically left with, like, who wants to be friends with Ted Cruz? Well, That's literally you're left nobody. with. That's why I had to go to Cancun. Yeah. Because he ran out of friends in Texas. And his wife ran out of friends who ran it on her. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's never going to be, it's never going to not be the best thing that's ever happened. Oh, good times. Just, like, honestly, just the idea of that woman, like, taking a screen grab of that text chain and being like, <laughs> oh, fuck yes. This is going to pay for my house in Cabo. <laughs> God, these people. Throwing the cruises under the bus is very funny. Did you hear the uh, weird couple from uh, Missouri, maybe? Minnesota, unclear, who were holding guns outside there? Missouri. The, Missouri? Yeah. With their striped shirt. Yeah. They got their little guns confiscated. And they they were found guilty in court. Yeah. They pled guilty. They pled guilty They pled in guilty. Court. That guy's running for Senate. Well, yeah, of course, but he's not going to have that cute AK-47 that he was holding. (laughs) And it really went so well with his outfit. Oh, my God. Too bad it's going to be very easy for him to get another one. He's going to win, Senator, and you're going to... We're going to look back at this conversation. No, don't. Why would you... Who's he running against? Who's he trying Uh, to see? I don't know who's running in Missouri. Oh, boy. Well... That was a bummer to end on. You're welcome. We were having so much fun talking about that stupid couple, and then you reminded me he's going to get into politics, and this is just... Remember when Ted Cruz pledged allegiance to a flag in his office (laughs) for no reason and got one of his staffers to videotape it? (laughs) This used to be controversial. (laughs) Yes, sir, we used to think it was weird when adults talked to inanimate objects and pledged their fealty to them, but you know what the fuck do I know, Mr. (laughs) Cruz? Oh, boy. Okay, that's enough. Where do we find you? You can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Jess Blumke. Again, you can find me at Truth Wanted. It's a YouTube channel through the Atheist Community of Austin. Um, that video should still be up. I talked to a guy about 
trying to convince his mom to be an atheist <laughs> and also another guy who believed in aliens. Listen, <laughs> this guy called in and he's like, I'm a lifelong atheist. He was calling from like fucking Serbia. I'm a lifelong atheist, but I believe in aliens, even though I acknowledge there's no proof for it. And I lit up. I was so excited <laughs> to talk to this guy about aliens because this is the kind of shit I live for. Like, yes, you should believe in aliens, even though there's no evidence because it's dope and it's a fun hobby. Like believing that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. That's dangerous. <laughs> this. Yeah. Let's talk about aliens. Let's look at pictures of grays and pretend that they're real. It sounds very fun to me. Anyway, aliens are a very big interest of me, even though I do not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hemant, where can we find you, uh, bud? I am at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Go uh, to FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast. Give us uh, five a month for ad-free shows. Mm-hmm. And I got nothing. Oh, yeah. there's a Facebook group. Private oh, there is a Facebook group. group. You guys, there's just a thread in it that somebody mentioned that they went to a therapist and their therapist was like trying to push pseudoscience bullshit and there was so much support in there of like i've been through this or here's a good database for people who you know for people who want fact-based therapy um and it's just become this little community that makes me extremely very happy um and if you want to join that i will post more information about meetups louisville uh on july 3rd denver august 5th that's all i have all right we'll see you next week goodbye